Osita Osadebe, the father of our guest tonight, Okwi Osadebe, and one of the most renowned figures in the Nigerian high life culture from many years ago, but really coming up through several decades and being so influential in the music, not only of other high life musicians, but also, in fact, even one of my favorite musicians, uh, Fela Anikolapukuti. And tonight we have a special treat tonight because I'm having a reunion here with my very old friend and one of the most talented musicians and composers that I know, Okwi Osadebe, who is joining us here for the hour. Uh, Okwi, nice to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Richard. Uh, we, we actually met here one time, maybe 10 years ago, and we yes. basically just talked about your father's music. Yes. The, like the piece we just played. Yes. Uh, and his many, many CDs, I guess back in the day, it was all vinyl, but the CDs that I had and the ones you brought to play. And, but now we're here to talk about your own music. Which Absolutely. is, this is a fantastic thing. Thank so, you. So, yeah, so uh, we're going to play at least a few tracks from your from your uh, forthcoming CD. I'm not sure how you intend to release it, but uh, you can tell us about that. It's a long history that you've had making this project come to fruition, is it not? Yes, absolutely, yes. So, actually, tell us a little bit about how you learned from your father and, and how that influenced you in this project that you're doing tonight. My father was growing up back in the days, uh, he was very detailed in his art. It will take all night. He sleeps, nobody wakes him up. He's not sleeping though. He's working on his art. And then the next morning, he got out his group, they go to work. And I watch him conduct his band. He arranges all the songs, tells everybody what to play, what not to play, when to play, when not to, you know, when to solo, when not to solo. If you realize the lead guitar or the trumpet solo or tenor sax solo or alto solo or trombone solo or the drum solo, whichever instrumentation it is, he arranged and conducted everything extremely detailed. So when I saw that, discipline in him when it comes to his music. And I said, as I started doing it, I said, um, if I will do this, I must make sure that I represent my father appropriately and not go out to just do music because I want to do music. I want to make sure that when anybody hears any of my songs, they can comfortably say, if they know my father's music, they can say, yes, that's Chief Osadebe's son. Now, how old were you when you were first in the household there watching him do his uh, his rehearsing and composing with his band? Oh, <laughs> as little as we were. I was, I, I, as far back as I can remember, around five, six years old. Mm-hmm. He would be rehearsing with his band. And he started actually from having a get-together with his friends in the living room. 
and the, he would play one of his songs. And then I would just start dancing. And then he knew immediately, okay, this boy can dance. And then he would invite me to the middle of the living room and I'll begin to dance, you know, in front of him and his friends. And then he began to allow us to see what he does when he goes into rehearsal room with his band. And then as little as I was, I never made anything out of it, you know. But as you get older, all those memories starts to come back. And then you find yourself doing music and now you realize, oh, though I was little, I actually did learn something from him. And then as I was older, watching him do it also, I learned so much from him. He wouldn't actually sit us down to say, do this, don't do that, don't do that. No, we would just sit down and watch him do his thing. And then as we're watching, we're learning. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting that when you first tried to form your own band, which was, um, I'm trying to remember how many years ago, five, six 2009. years ago. 2009. We started rehearsing in 2009, uh, early 2010. That's when we started rehearsing. Is that really? Is that, yes. Oh my God. Okay. And then we launched it in 2015 in New York. You know, okay. After we've actually traveled to Norwalk, library performed, and New Jersey and all that place. Right. So uh, we don't want to talk too much before we play some of your music, but I just want to, it, it is interesting that when you first started trying to organize a band, and I, I think you were the only Nigerian in that band. <laughs> Am I not correct there? When we started? Yeah. It was just me and Fidelis. Oh, Fidelis. Fidelis. Course, Fidelis yeah. Mazua. Right, right, right. Who is an original member of my father's band. Oh, yes, of course. Ago, yeah. How could I forget? But it, you were trying to get a group of, it was like herding cats. You were trying to get all these American musicians who had backgrounds in jazz, and some of us had music and background in African music, but it was really a cross-cultural thing for you, and, and you had to get us all to somehow focus on the music Mostly the, of your father, because I think it, in those yes. at that time it was mostly your father's compositions, right? Yes, yep. yes. And you had such a clear idea of how that should sound, and we were all kind of like, "Well, we're you know we're all like into improvising, and we you know you know." And you were like very very particular about how it had to be played, and yes. of course there were improvisations that could happen in the music, but we didn't understand how to how to make that work. So it was a long process for us to get even close to what you wanted but, but we did well with it absolutely yeah. i'm so proud of you and jeff and the rest of the band i can't start naming everyone you know one after the other but yeah you guys if you if i didn't feel like i was getting something from you and the rest of the guys i wouldn't have continued with it right, right. all those years yeah. but i knew no you guys were effortlessly putting in the work and and willing to to delve into something beyond, you know, your rims of, you know, beyond what you've been always been doing prior to the time that we, we you know, we crossed <laughs> yeah. roads. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, I mean, even for myself, I spent two years in Ghana and I, I traveled to Nigeria and I, you know, I heard Fela playing at the shrine and I, I heard uh, all kinds of high life bands in Ghana I didn't hear any high life bands in Nigeria, but I did hear juju bands. That's another thing we can talk about, the different types of music that come from 
It, oh, yeah, so you were in Lagos. Yeah, yeah so, I was in yeah, Lagos. Yeah. So I, I was really hearing mostly Yoruba yeah. popular music. And and we should just make the distinction. Tell us a little bit about your cultural background. The difference between the Yoruba and the Igbo. The difference mostly is um, uh, culturally, you know, not much. Culturally, not much. We still have the same family values, respect your parents, you know, bow down when you see your parents and when to greet your parents or your elders, you bow down the food. Um, while the Yubo, you know, style of cooking is slightly different from the Yorubas, but we intercook, you know, as a matter of fact, my mom is a Yoruba. Uh, that's, that's correct. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. My mom is a Yoruba. My mom and Fela Kuti are actually cousins. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, the other thing in terms of music and uh, other cultural thing in it is that when you play cultural music, you have that f- kind of folk. The first song you played starting this program was like real African folk song, which is mostly played with crude instruments. Yeah, those are, those are, that was traditional music from the Ashanti region of Ghana. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you, so in Yoruba High Life, they add that influence to it. In East Coast, you know, Igbo High Life, we add our own influence to it, as in the case of my father. You know, when you go down south, further south, you know, eastern Nigeria, like Calabar, you know, they, they played High Life a lot, and they had their own influence to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in Ghana, where it all originated, they have that influence to it. So it's a matter of bringing in a little bit of your cultural rhythm. Right, right. And infuse it into that. Yeah. And I think the Yoruba and Igbo religious traditions, traditional ones, are are distinct. They have different supreme gods, like Oludumare is Yoruba and Chukwu, I think. is. Yeah, and we have similar ones. We have similar ones, but different names. Different names? Okay. Yeah, in okay. Yoruba, they have Shango, Ifa, you know... Egun, Ogun, when you come back to Igbo, you know, they also have, you know, Amadioha and the rest of them, you mm. know, yeah. that they have there too. But they are basically playing the same role, just different names. Okay, understood. All right, so why don't we play, I think, one of my favorite tracks from your new release, and you can tell us about how that's going to all happen. And this one is, why don't you tell us, because you're going to be able to pronounce this better than me, but I see Chukwu. Chukuzam. Chukuzam, yeah. Yeah. Um, God answer my prayers. Okay. God answer me. Chukwu is the name of, of the God. supreme God. Supreme God, yeah. Let's, uh, let's listen to this. And I hope you're listening at home with earphones, because you will uh, hear things that uh, perhaps you will not be able to quite believe there's is so much going on in this music. So here we go. Okuyo Osadebe's release.
Speak to me. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. That was incredible. I hope the audience enjoyed that as well. <laughs> as I said, I hope they were listening uh, closely because there's so much going on. For you, it's probably walking and breathing, but 
Can you explain to us a little bit about the layers of music that are going on in that one piece? Now, now to some people, they may oh, my God, that piece was, I don't know, nine minutes long. It was basically two chords, really, back and forth. Why would you play that long? And what what's going on in there that makes it so engaging and interesting in spite of the fact that it's repetitious? You remember when you said you wanted to play that song that you think there is so much going on that it, you know it, you, you know you enjoyed yeah, listening to I, it. I wanted to pick that one. Yeah, yeah. That is exactly why I played it that long. When I arranged the song, I knew what I wanted and I demanded what I wanted from my guys, you know, the percussion guys, you know, string instruments, horns. I knew what I wanted, and I was pushing them for it. And I would go back over and over, and I would say, no, no. I'll tell the recording engineer, cut it out. I'll bring the guys back to the studio. We'll do it over again. I wanted something unique. I wanted something that anybody that hears that will say, that is Chief Osita Osarebe's son, right there, without a doubt. And at the same time, I wanted to make it unique to my own, you know, putting a little bit of my own style to it. So the layers you see there is uh, an interaction between the conga and the drums. Yeah. And then we have three guitars on that song. Okay, that's important because it might be difficult to unravel yes. that weaving together of all that all, exactly. that, all those guitar parts. You know. you know music very well. That's why you were able to pick out all these ensembles that are going on in between. So for a normal person that doesn't understand musicality, wouldn't be able to decipher, okay, this is this or that is the other one. But you were able to do it because you're a musician. You're good well, I'm it. not sure I got them all, but I, <laughs> I, the thing is, at least my orientation allowed me to to feast upon yeah. the interaction because it was so rich and complicated. Yes. And of course, I'm, I'm percussionist, so I, f I focused a lot on the the different things that the percussionist was playing and yes. how that was blending or conversing with the drum set player. I was specifically demanding it. That conversation. What, yes. Yeah. When I didn't hear enough of it, I brought them back mm. multiple times okay. to the studio. And I'll tell them specifically, this is the type of interaction that I wanted to be hearing each time that I hear it and until they get there. And, you know, the instrumentalists, some of them shy away from coming out and just showing their talent. To me, I got lucky having those guys because they've been playing my father's music with other bands that they perform with. So, so they are exposed to the style of my father's music. So when I came in and I told them, okay, bring it on. And then they'd be like, no, 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 you haven't started yet. So I kept literally, I would be humming at them. Okay, play this, play this tone, play that tone. I wanted, and then the engineer would send it to me. I was like, no, no, no. I am not hearing the bass drum. I'm not hearing the snare drum. I'm not hearing the tom-tom. I'm not hearing the conga. Number one, number two, and number three conga. There's three congas. Three conga drums, but one conga drum player. One conga drum player. Yeah. 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 Well, in this particular song, one guy, the same guy that played the drums played the conga. So he, he overdubbed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So, because he is that good at it. And I wanted to get, he was getting me and I was getting him. And I wanted to say, okay, and I said, okay, you go back to the conga and do the conga. And I pulled the conga that I had originally on it and I had him redo the conga. And then I could be, I was able to balance that interaction as good as it is. And then the guitars, you have the lead guitar, you have the rhythm guitar, and then you have the treble guitar. So there's three guitars on that song. Yeah. Two of them are constant in their basic rhythms that they're playing. And then the, the, solo, the lead guitar is one that solos, that plays the solo at intervals. Yeah. Now I noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I heard a, a muted trumpet playing and it almost sounded like the lead guitar. And so they, when they were like dueling with each other, yes. it was... It was kind of mind-boggling. That is the way we call it. We, you know, I, I will be singing and I will tell the, 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 if you listen to Odera towards the end of the song, we call it, you know, like, you know, you know, beck and call. You know, I am singing. And I want either the saxophonist, either tenor or alto, you know, or a trumpeter, muted or not muted, whichever one that works for me, to be following me and taking clues from my vocals. So if I say da da da, and then he can say da 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 da. If I say da 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 da, he can say da da. And with that, we interact with each other. He cues in right behind me with everything that I do in my, with my vocals. The vocals, I, I must comment, <laughs> I did not know that you could sing that high. <laughs> Thank and, you. <laughs> and I, I, you were not singing falsetto. I don't, you know, it really wasn't. I think it sounded like your natural range yeah. was up there. I'd never heard you do that before. Thank you. That was really, really surprising and beautiful. Thank you. And what about the, the background vocals? Did you overdub them all yourself or did you have other singers? Um, uh, uh, most of the songs, I did it all by myself. Mm -hmm. In this particular song, I had my busiest you know, yeah. Bass player. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's me and my bass player that did it all. Mm. And that it, sounded like three part harmony. So I guess you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. I did a part and he did the other two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the other songs, I think he did one on one other song. The rest of them is mostly me that did all that. Fantastic. So why don't we listen to Odira? And okay. uh, since you commented on it, and uh, maybe we can. Uh, talk a little bit more about that. And once again, and we're here with Okui Osadebe, who's uh, playing, generously playing his... Tell me, tell me a little bit about where this music has been, I don't know if you call it distributed, but outdoored, so to speak. Where have you shared it other than right here tonight? Um, it, 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 we have it on Facebook. We have it on all the social media, you know, and... Um, you know, all over the world, basically France, you know, Europe, you know, in Europe, in America, in Asia, we've been promoting it all over the place, you know, and the, the album will officially be launched, you know, sometime this month, you know, another week and a half or two, but we are doing all the promotions all over, you know, I did an interview with a guy from France, you know, from Paris, you know, a week and a half ago, you know, the guys in Belgium, you know, and other places. So, it's all, you know, we are promoting it all over the globe. Fantastic. 
But let's listen to some more music and we'll come back. All right. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
stuff one question i have is from the point of view of percussionist that instrument that sounds like a like a muted cowbell some me- metallic yeah. metallic sound is that yeah. being played by the drum set player or by yeah. the okay yeah so the he's got player. he's got that set up there so he can yeah. go to it when yeah. he wants to so I'll set up in there yes yeah. and let's talk a little bit about the congas which i tried to play when i was we were trying to build your band and back in the day those drums are so melodic. Sometimes they almost sound like they're in, in musical instruments like a guitar or some other, even a balafone or something, playing those notes. They have that quality to them. Talk about, a little bit about those drums. Do they relate to anything in traditional 
Igbo culture? In other words, is there traditional folk music, non, not popular music, but folk music Absolutely. that uses instruments of that type? Yes. I grew up playing drums myself, you know, African drums myself. And like I said, when, when we're talking about the first song that you played, and I said it's like a backup call. So I'm, I'm, when I am dancing, I need a conga beats that is pushing me that I could dance to that beat that is playing. So I'm out there to dance. I need that backup. So it's, it's, it's like I'm calling on him through my dance steps, and then he has to meet me up, and then at that point, I'll begin to follow the conga. I'm dancing to the beat of the conga. And this is how we have done our traditional, you know, in most African countries, this is how we have done all our traditional dances. We dance to the beat of the conga. Right. When they're playing the drums or, or the wooden, uh, the wooden, uh, we call it ufio. They are big, um, um, carved out of wood. You know, they are big, rounded. And then you take a long stick and you play them together. I don't know what they call it in English, but once that you hear those beats, the dancers are dancing to that beat, to the steps, almost literally to the, like, notes. So that, that instrument... It's sort of like a wood block or clave. Yeah, wood, like a, it's like they bought humongous round clave. Yeah. Oh, okay. Round, like some of them are this big round shaped, carved open on the hollow on the inside, you know, and a little bit of opening on the top, and then you beat it. Same thing with the conga. So whatever we do, our traditional African dancing, we are dancing to that drum beats. Mm-hmm. So when we do the high life, my father made it specifically that, you know, the drummer, the, that's why we have those percussion sessions where the string instruments will stop and then the conga and Keeps the drum, going, yeah. And, and, and yeah, will just go on their own right. for a, a few seconds, maybe, you know, up to a minute or more. And then the rest of the, you know, guys come back on, on it again. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's what pushes us. That's what we, you know, yeah. incorporate in it. And that... The congas that are played by one drummer in the highlight music are there might be three different drummers, each one playing one of those kind of drums. Exactly. And so, but you combine them into one musician mm-hmm. in, in the highlight music. We normally here in the West think of congas as being played with your hands, just bare hands. And yeah. in this case, they're actually played by with sticks. Yes. So but we still play them. We, we have the ones that we play with hands, but most of the high-life congas are played with sticks. Yeah. yeah. It gives it a special quality. I heard, I heard these drums in uh, Benin one time when I was on my way to Lagos the first time, and I was taking um, short trips. I, I wanted to stop in what then was called Dahomey. Yeah. And, uh, and I, one night I went out and I heard uh, music being played with these instruments, they were like, I don't know if they were like, ju- they were jugs, like ceramic jugs set yeah. in water. And the musicians were, were hitting the top of the jug with these leather paddles. And it created this very percussive, but also melodic sound. And they were very intricate, interwoven rhythms. This, this was traditional music. It wasn't like yeah. highlight or anything like that. But that that's how... Somehow those congas sound, sound a little bit like that to me. The thing is, in the congas are tuned. The same way you tune the conga, remember? Mm-hmm. When we were you would tune we, your conga, even when you play with Nikata, you know, in your band. Yeah, of course. You yeah. tune the conga the same way that those congas are tuned. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the, the trumpeter will just tune them. You know, he will key them on and then they will listen to the trumpeter and then they will tune in number one, number two, and number three. Right, right. You know, and match it against the trumpeter's tone and they are in tune. That's how you get all those melodic sound when they are being played in the background of the songs. So let's... Since time is flying here, and we've been here with Okuyo Osadebe for almost an hour, but I forgot to mention you're listening to WPKN in Bridgeport, proudly playing this kind of music, probably one of the only stations in Connecticut has ever uh, even thought about doing that. But in what form will this be released? Will it be a physical CD, or will it just be digital, or how's it going to work? It will work? be digital, and it will be on, in CDs also, and probably on LPs. As you know, LPs are starting to, you know, make a return. Vinyl. Yeah, yeah the vinyls, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but right now, you know, we're doing it digitally right now. And, uh, uh, the official launching is, you know, it's about another week or two. When we do the official launching, and then we'll be able to tell the public how they can get it. But anybody that goes to my Facebook page, Okuyos Arabe, Okuyos or Okuyos Arabe High Life Band, they can, you know, you know, ask for some information or, you know, go to uh, Palencia Records and you can get, you know, more information on it. Uh, you know, but for now, we are on the promotional basis. We're promoting it right now. And another week or two, like I said, it will be officially out. Right. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, I want to hear more about those uh, points where people can get it uh, a little bit more. And also about the interest that seems to be generated globally in this kind of music, not just in the Nigerian communities, which of course are dispersed all over the planet now. Yes. As we know. One of the learning experiences I had was to go to like the wilds of Newark, New Jersey, and go to a Nigerian social club, and there would be a thousand people there. You know, yes. all Igbo, by the way, all Igbo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't like just any old Nigerian. It was only Igbo people came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had fun, you know, doing these parties. This is this is how you know we we enjoy our life, especially when you're outside of Nigeria, outside of Africa. So we have to mingle. We have to come together somehow. We have to do what we do to promote ourselves, promote our culture. And when somebody like me is here in the diaspora, like we use, we like to use that word a lot. Mm-hmm. Africans in the diaspora, that, you know, Africans outside of Africa, living outside of Africa. Yeah. We like to come together and promote that culture. We miss home a lot. Mm-hmm. And that get together is one way of kind of uh, compensating the distance. Indeed. Apart. I get it. I get it. I remember, I'm going to see if I can remember exactly where I saw this, but there was uh, a similar situation where it was a a young guy who was away from home. It was was in the States. You know, this was probably, I don't know, 30 years ago, before there were so many people from West Africa here. You know, there were just little clusters of people. Yes. And so he didn't have the opportunity to, as you say, build like this subculture. Yeah. Away from home culture. You yes. Know? And, and so I remember one time we played, he was, he was in this situation where we, why, but he, he didn't know that we had this kind of music. And I was, suddenly he was, he was there and I put on this music. 
<laughs> and it, it was, I think it was Ghanaian High Life, and he was an Akan, a Shanti guy, and he suddenly started to hear this music, and it, his entire body started to, uh, it, was, it wasn't just dancing, it was like he was suddenly taking a warm shower. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what his body looked like. <laughs> I mean, it was... He found himself mesmerized by the whole... You know, it was, musical. Yeah, but it, it, it was like, it was entire physical reaction. It was yeah. so remarkable. And I, so I think that kind of is what you're getting at is that, you know, when people are far away from their culture, especially yes. a culture as profoundly enriching and complex as, Absolutely. as West African, different varieties of West African culture. You know, you come to a country like the United States where, you know, you hear all kinds of exciting music, but to hear your own music... Yes. You know, to, not to have it is like not having food, you know, so. Yes. And when you get Absolutely. it, it's like having a rich meal. Yes. So I, I totally appreciate that. Yes. Uh, so let's go, let's play, um, as we come down, we're going to play a couple of more tracks, but one of the last ones we'll play is Dozi Obodo. Yeah, okay. Dozi Obodo, yes. Very good. Anything you want to say about it before we play it? Dozi Obodo is actually, it means literally, you know, like fix the country. Um, oh, I'm talking okay. directly to the, you know, about the political turmoil in, in Nigeria and how the infrastructures are not being developed and everything. And if you saw them, if you, if you have ever seen the music video, you will, you know, it speaks for itself. And I will be, I will never be happy with myself if I don't put my, lend my voice to that struggle of Nigerians, you know, in Nigeria being in a country where we cannot have good roads, hospitals, schools, and all, and all that, you know. So that's basically I'm saying to the politicians, fix the country. You know, we have the resources. God blessed us with all the minerals in, on earth. We have it in Nigeria. Why can't we just fix our country? Mm, yeah. So that's all the Zubudu is all about. All right, great. <laughs> Ich bin ein 
end up playing one more okay. from the new stuff that you got here. And uh, why don't you pick it out? I think we should do Ibamaka. We've done, you know, the other tempo beats. We've done Native Blues. So let's do a Slow High Life, which is the title of the album. Ah. Yeah, that's, that's the lead song there on the album, Ibamaka. Let me remind you that uh, we're listening to the music of Okwi Osadebe who is a, uh, an American-based Nigerian from the Igbo and Yoruba combination cultures. But the music we're, we're listening to is really more associated with Igbo high-life music. Igbo, yeah, absolutely. Correct? Why don't you remind our audience 
where this music will be available. Yes, like, like I said, we are currently, it will, it will be on every platform, you know, uh, Apple Music, everywhere. Uh, right now we're on the promotional basis, uh, on the promotional phase. So we're going around promoting the songs right now and until the next week or two when we will officially launch it out in public and you can get it from every platform on the internet. Ukuyo Sadebe High Life Band on Facebook and um, also on um, Twitter, Ukui High Life on mm. Twitter. And I'm also on Instagram, Ukui underscore High Life and um, Ukui underscore Osadebe. And I'm there too, you know, and you can get all the links. And then you can also get it through uh, my partners in Colombia, you know, Palencia Records and Aphrodisia. Is your goal to reassemble these many musicians that worked on this project into a performing unit that will tour? Or is that, is that Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, um, that's part of the goal. That's, you know, in the, it's in the back of our mind. And right now, first and first is to get, get the music out there. And then once we get it out there, then we'll begin to plan about touring Europe and America and Asia too. That's definitely in the works. Wonderful. One more time, Okwi Osadebe is with us tonight. His father, Stephen Osita Osadebe, who yes. was a renowned high life musician. I want to mention that once again that you're listening to WPKN in Bridgeport. This is First Tuesday Rainy Day Radio. My name is Richard Hill. Here we go with one more time. Tell us the name of the track. Ibo Amaka. Ibo. Amaka. So Ibo is my tribe. Amaka is Ibo is beautiful. Basically, that's the, 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 you know, the meaning of the title. Ibo is my tribe in Nigeria, from the eastern part of Nigeria. Like I said, we have Ibo, Yoruba, and Hausa. Yeah. So I'm Ibo, and Amaka means beautiful. Ibo Amaka. Ibo is beautiful. Nice. Here we go. Yeah. 